Hello and welcome once again to CCM in 3D. I'm Derek. I'm flying alone again this week as I had another chance to sit down with my friends Kathy Sprinkle and Elizabeth Snell Lutz and Dave Trout. And we got to spend some time reminiscing about two, not one, but two Rich Mullins albums. We talked about Pictures in the Sky and the biggie, Winds of Heaven, Stuff of Earth. So lots of good stories here from all involved. So let's dive right into these two classic albums from Rich Mullins. So we're talking today about Winds of Heaven, Stuff of Earth, and uh, Pictures in the Sky. So we're going to talk about, just we're just going to fly through these real quick and spend about 20, 25 minutes on these albums. So Pictures in the Sky, 1987. Mm-hmm. Any memories of the lead up to this? Well, this is his second project. Yep. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I, I was in the studio for almost every album, I think. And it was kind of funny. It wasn't Reed Arvin, but a lot of the, the musicians would just kind of treat him like he was hired help. Mm. Because he didn't know as much as they knew about recording, and he didn't know as much as, you know. Right. So it, he was kind of like, he kind of showed up and was kind of, everybody that knows her just kind of saw that all shucks boy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it was, all shucks boy was, in, you know, total, total regale at that time. So it was kind of an uncomfortable album for him because your second album, as most people know, you've been working your whole life on the first one. And then right. you do the sophomore project and it's like, oh crud, I got to come up with some stuff. Yeah. So he would always reach back and, and bring some stuff up. But. Yeah. What's up with the album cover here? We've got the album cover right here. Oh, it's so bad. He has parsley in his teeth, I think. Is that it, what's going it, on? It, it, looks like, it looks like he's coming out of a pond or something. Yeah. He's got like algae and pond scum on his face. Yeah, about the best. Uh... And he looks so incredibly young there. <laughs> he does look young. Yeah, that's a baby face right there. I know. Well, he was pretty young back then. It's a baby face. Um, so we'll just... We'll just you know, just glide right through the tracks as we go. So When You Love kicks off the... the and. It's sad. I, I, I think the, it's produced the way it's produced. And we try on this podcast never to just say, oh, it's so it's so produced. It just is what it is. You it can't is. change it. So, and, it's, and it's a time period, yeah, too. it's a time period. Right. So we just accept that and we move on. But um, I think it's sad that this is never going to make a greatest hits album because I think this has got really great lyrics to it. It does. And... Um, there are things you can say in your prayers that you can't sing in your songs. And then he flips it at the end. Right. There are things you can sing in your songs when you've learned them in your prayers. Prayers, I love and that. And I think that's really great. That's that's these. Um, and then if the Lord should tarry long enough, you just might see that times were good, although the times were hard. But we're living that now. Yeah, we're living that <laughs> now. So, I mean, it's kind of dressed up in its shiny pop sheen clothes, but that's a really good lyric. Yeah, it, it is. It's really good. Um it don't do. So that was the one, again, with Steve Cudworth, um, right. who we talked about, uh, wrote If I Stand with Rich. Right. So you smiled when I said this. So what What do we got on this song? It's just such What's a, the tea? It's the not such say. a Mullins thing, you know? <laughs> it, it, it don't do to you know, preach the gospel if you don't live a Christian, Christian life. life. It, it don't, don't do. do. It just don't do. <laughs> yes. And, I, you know, I can hear his dad saying it because your dad's... And I can say this word. I don't think it'll offend anybody. His dad was a hillbilly, you know? Yep. And his dad talked like that. He'd say, it just don't do. Mm. You know, so I can, I can hear John saying that. Yeah, that's great. Verge of a Miracle. Um, that was a really important song for me in a, in a difficult time. Uh, when this album came out, I was a year out of college. Yes, that makes me young. Right. Um, boy, but I, I think this was probably an important 
song for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the story behind I the right? I don't. It's, oh, that's, okay. that's what I'm curious about. Okay. Um, and if you saw the, the and I've known you a long time, and I legitimately don't know the story. It's it, it, this one. I, I always love this story because Richard's reunion tried to be really good to Richard, but they didn't understand him. He didn't fit their mold, right? And he didn't want to sell his soul to be a big Christian rock artist, and they didn't get that. And you know, I'm not as we talked earlier. He wasn't a saint, but right. he knew what he wanted. He had so he was doing this project, and he had made several uh, previous engagements to do things like high school retreats and stuff mm. and he was told by the record company you're too big for that now and he's like i don't believe so and i love doing this and i made this absolute promise to this guy would come into this retreat so when he goes to retreat and like i said they're furious with him they had to reschedule all their recording because we could go to this thing and he meets this teenage kid who had survived his suicide attempt mm. the kid had shot himself in the stomach and then was mortified that he couldn't even do that right and Rich wrote that song for him. It's like, you don't understand. You're on the verge of a miracle. Mm. Just standing here. You know, look up. You can see if you'll just look up. Right. And I think it's it's such a cool thing. It didn't mean that much to him, but it meant a lot to those of us who loved him. That was yeah. his first number one song oh, nationally. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great song. I think of all of his um, big label songs, this is one that I wish got played on, yeah. on radio still today. Yeah. yeah great song. Pictures in the Sky title track. Boy, I remember trying to learn this song as a musician. When I auditioned for Rich's band, it was literally like, here's the CDs, here's what to learn. And But I just went ahead and learned everything on all the CDs. And this song was so difficult to figure out because there's no written out sheet music, there's no tracks, it's just here's this, go learn it. Um, so many chords on this. And it's so funny to listen to it now. Um, Reed Arvin's piano solo sounds very much like we're in Bruce Hornsby land here. Yeah. And it just, it's like yeah. the, the Hornsby uh, uh, influence here is heavy. So yeah. that's so interesting to hear. I mean, again, it just is what it is. You're back in the mid to late 80s. So be with you. My favorite one on the project. So, this, so we got here. Okay. When my body lies in the ruins of the lies that nearly ruined me, we pick up the pieces that were pure and strong and breathe your life into them and set them free. Yeah. Who's Justin Peters, the co-writer? Yeah, he was a really big deal um, writer for years in Nashville. I don't know what ever happened to him. I know Richard loved writing with him and wrote several songs with him. Yeah. It's an amazing song. Yeah, this is a really good one. This has been on, a, I think this has been on Songs too. It, yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Okay, screen door. We've arrived. I was actually in the studio <laughs> when they recorded this. And it was so funny because... We've talked a little bit today about um, Wayne Kirkpatrick. And Wayne Kirkpatrick and some of those guys were singing back up on him. And Wayne is singing the real high part. Okay, now, of course. Right. Now, Wayne had the flu that day. That's how talented Wayne Kirkpatrick is. He had the flu that day. He would go out, relieve himself of his flu symptoms, <laughs> throw up, and come back and still hit those notes. Wow. It was amazing. It was so fun to be there for that because that, it was just awesome um, – Harmonies. Actually, Screen Door was never supposed to be on radio, but um, there was a wonderful guy named John Rivers that oh, sure. was in Dallas, and he picked this up. He had the the number one Christian uh, radio station in the nation at the time. He also was a dear friend of Richard's, and he decided he was going to start playing Screen Door. And so there was a shorter version of it, and so they had to go back in the studio and re-record it, do a longer version because they didn't decide oh, to release it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Wow, that's great. 
What Trouble Are Giants? Um, this is another lyric that's coming back to me a lot of times. I again, it's like, I'm sure we're all the same here, that whatever situation you're in, there's a Lewis quote for it, there's yeah. a Mystery Science Theater quote for it, <laughs> and there's a Rich Mullins lyric for yeah. it. You know, that's a... Um, and it's it's more the size of who you put your faith in than the size of your foe. That's really great. Yeah. That's such a, that's a, and I've thought about that a lot. And um, kids love that song. Yeah. I mean, it's about David and Goliath, but the whole, it's, yep. just, it's a poppy. Rich said that this was his most poppy album. He didn't particularly like this album a lot, mm. project. Well, because he wasn't real involved in it. Yeah. And the next project we're going to talk about, that's when he decided, oh, I probably need to start getting involved in how I'm recorded and what happens with that. But this one he thinks was pretty pretty poppy, and it kind of is, even though there's some good stuff on yeah. there. Well, you talked about Wayne Kirkpatrick, so he shows up next, Steal at Any Price. It's co-write with Wayne. And, um, a, and a dear friend of ours, Kathy Snyder. Okay, well, yeah. she's not credited on that, is she? I think she is. Okay, well, I'm going to pull that out. So you talk about this yeah. one. Um like Kathy, the joke Kathy always says about Richard, because he was so, um, so very uh, generous. It's like if you were in the room, you got co-correct. <laughs> it's like, and she, the, the line "steal at any price" was pretty much her line, and had never written. A, she's a great songwriter. Yeah, had never, um, had never done anything with it. And she gave that to him, and so he, she got a third credit on it. So I, I like that one a lot. And you know, this song it, by the end, Rich is really up high in his voice. I mean, he's really pushing. Right. But he sounds great there. He really, I think, when he pushes up high and really gets up there, he's got a lot of power in his voice. He's an underrated singer in that register. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not usually thought of when we trot out the Matthew Wards or the John <sighs> Elefantes or the Brian Duncans, all the great, you know, CCM yeah. singers. But Rich in that register, I thought, had a lot of power and a lot of passion. Yeah. So that's great. It's a great song. Could be a celebration. This has uh, got five writers listed on it it's got the blisses you know it's got mm -hmm. renee and lang it's got gary jones reed arvin and of course rich they um, they wrote that on the um and what was the tour that richard with amy um Unguarded? the she anyway whatever he opened yeah. for richard yeah for amy they wrote that on the road with that that's where i first saw it's such a fun it's such a fun it is it's, it's it fun. is it's, it's fun. fun yeah and then Kathy Snyder definitely shows up on the on the last song, which is yes. Love That Knows No Bounds. That's the one she was I think on, this is my favorite song on the album. It's powerful. It really is. It's a great it's, song. Yeah, because it is such a, a pop project, and this one is not. Yeah. I mean, it is deep and it's powerful. It's very deep. Any stories about the tour that followed this that you want to throw out there? Do you remember anything that comes to mind about the tour for this album? I was think, he opening for anyone? Or was I he think he anyone? wasn't he opening for Amy when he did this one? I okay. No. No, that was the first one. This is 87, yeah. so she was in between Yeah, Unguarded You know, and... we didn't do much. Um, I went out sometimes, but not a lot. But he was still doing fly dates and, and a lot of stuff. It, nothing happened until Awesome God. Okay. You know, that's when everything changed. Well, then that's let's pick that right that's up right. because that's your... Okay, Dave, Dave's going to chime in. This is the first time I've ever heard Rich Mullins compared to John Elefante. <laughs> And I just want to note that this is a historic moment in Christian music history. Yeah, and it happened here on CCM in three days. And John Elefante's going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who's Rich Mullins? <laughs> I will say one other thing about that tour. Yes. There is an, I found it, I just love this video that a friend of ours, um, John Adkins did. He was one of a, the kids in a youth group when we were in Zion, and um, he stuck. Of course, he followed Richard through the years, and he took a course in 
um, videography back when they were monster video cameras. Oh, sure. And um, at college and went to the Columbus, Ohio um, date of Unguarded. And and it's just, I came, I just thought I visited with Richard after watching this thing because it was so, it showed all of his uniqueness, idiosyncrasies, crazy crazy side watch how people responded to that that were working with him and then at the end he's really almost discouraged because his parents had been there and he wasn't going to get to see them and talk to them and um and it's lovely and it's just on youtube this this wonderful video i just respond i just wrote to john a couple weeks ago and just thank you i again had forgotten for it. all about that i'm in that it's one yes we were all at that show yes, and you're he, getting on the bus with them that's right we went back to that. yeah wow. i will link to that in the you show will notes. you yes. will want to it's really for it's sure. really i mean he just feels so familiar that's, you know so what a godsend to have it that. is yes and part of it that. is kind of what i love about the deep valley project is he was singing to kids mm. and he'd spent the week with them. Yeah. And so he was, you know, no boundaries, no walls up. He was completely vulnerable and, you know, a bit over the edge. And John was one of those kids, not from Deep Valley, but from another mm-hmm. youth group. And so his interaction with John is really authentic, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's, you see the side of him that is, you know, uncomfortable and feels weird, but this is one of his kids. And so he's going to do this for him. And, it's it's fun. It's a really fun video. I have a funny story and a serious story about that day because I went up early with my boyfriend and we just hung out with Rich, and I had baked cookies for him. And one of the problems that happened when you were opening for Amy, Amy was losing five to seven pounds at every show, and they had to have her on specialized diets to keep her energy up. Just because it was yeah. so such a physical she, show. She just gave everything. Yeah, well, yeah. but Richard had gained fifteen pounds, and they were having kittens and cows over that, and so I handed him. A bunch of cookies and he starts shoving them in his mouth and his tour manager came up and took them away from him right there it's like no 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 you can't have that but after he did the show and he did a great i mean he was still uncomfortable you know he didn't because that's the show they were making him not be behind the piano right. and he was having yes. to like walk around right and, and he, he, he looked uncomfortable very uncomfortable and so afterwards after amy came on i met him backstage and he and i just took a walk it's like okay how is this what's going on I, this is different it's everything's kind of changed little do we know how much everything really was going to change but these kids had been yelling and screaming for him and so we're we're out and the amy show's over with and people are starting to come out and we're walking through this parking lot and a bunch of kids that had been in the concert he accidentally bumped into one of them and guys stupid old man and i thought and he looked at me and said that's why it's not important that's why i'm trying to keep my head on straight Mm-hmm. They were yelling for me and clapping for me two hours ago, and now I'm just a stupid old man. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very powerful moment for him to go, oh, flame or fame, it's pretty fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of fame, it all comes it all comes to a head with the next album, Winds of Heaven, Stuff of Earth. This is the B, 1988. Um, any stories about the run up to this album? I, you're mentioned in the. Cr- I, Beth, are you mentioned? I think you're mentioned in the credits too. Is that? I have no idea. Let me pull the credits out, Kathy. I know that. I don't think I ever read any. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I remember Kathy is because I remember thinking, why? Who is Sprinkle, and why is she getting people to pray? So. (laughs) We taking. And now I know. (laughs) But taking after the Keith Green model, we 
we had people from the time he went into the studio to the time he came out mm-hmm. that were praying around the clock for mm-hmm. him. There were people who would sign up all over the nation to say, I'll take this time and this time and this time. Mm-hmm. Well, our friend uh, Kyle Stevens is in here, so that's... Uh, Poor that's Kyle. Kyle. Okay, the run-up to this was um, we, we were going to move to Wichita. Richard and I tried to... We belonged to a church that... You know, the oldest people, the elders were like 30, and we were getting older, and we're like, what's it like to serve Jesus when you have blue hair or no hair? Mm-hmm. And so uh, some dear people in Wichita agreed to mentor us, and so we left Nashville and Cincinnati and moved here to be mentored by Morris and Doris Howard. And uh, we were just going to do this little tour, you know, and it was going to be 16 weeks. It was going to be the biggest thing he'd ever done. And he said, well, why don't you just quit your job early and do the, do the thing with me uh, before we move to Wichita? I was like, okay, I, can, I know how to do that stuff. So we did it. And the trouble is, like, 16-week tour, like three weeks in, awesome God hits number one. <laughs> now we have to change every venue. We were doing 300, 500 people. Now we're doing 5,000 people. We can't get product. I mean, it was insane. It yeah. was just absolutely crazy. Awesome God changed everything. Yeah. It, just, it just did. Yeah. And he wrote that for kids. I mean, everybody's heard that story before. I mean, he was going to go do a Christ in Youth conference, and he wanted to do a, to do a call and response thing like the old black Baptist pastors. Right. And so that's why he wrote that song. And he never, he kind of thought it was a throwaway song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, too, um, you said something on Facebook. Uh, you and I are friends on Facebook, and, mm-hmm. and you said something. Someone asked you, why did you move to Wichita? Mm-hmm. And you said, uh, because we realized we needed to be mentored. Absolutely. That is such an odd move for the CCM world. Yeah. I got to get to Mecca, a.k.a. Nashville. That's right. I got to get there. Yeah. And it's almost like you all did, you pivoted and did the exact opposite. Absolutely. We got to get out of that orbit, that the gravitational pull. Wichita, Kansas. Right, Wichita, Kansas. Where we I mean, now. thank you. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty weird thing. Yep. Well, the, the, the album starts out the other side of the world. And again, you're not going to find this lyric on a, on a station that rhymes with shmeshmov. <laughs> but I know that the gates of hell, they have been destined to fail. I see Satan impaled on the sword of the word. Amazing. You, just, you won't hear that kind of a lyric on there he had he wrote that song after he came back from um a an intern not an internship but um he visited uh philippines and had done a mission trip there and Mm. he just couldn't believe like wow these people are christians and you know the world was a lot smaller back then you know and so he's like wow they they really believe in the same jesus i do and they look completely different to me they sound completely different wow this is and it was real life-changing that's great um with the wonder um you know this this lyric again uh, so so lord to you we give our deepest praise and to you we sing our loudest songs mm. and while we live in the world that you've made we hear it whisper of a world of a world that is to come which of course yeah. reminds us so much of the weight of glory yes. doesn't yes. it right about uh, the new testament rustling with the rumor that someday we will get in <sighs> yes that's i mean the influence of lewis is right there oh, on yeah. this song so Okay, anything else we want to say about Awesome God? I mean, it just is what it is. I do think it's interesting that he thought, and he would say frequently in 10 years, none of you are going to know this song. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I love the fact he was wrong about that. I was teasing him one time because it's not the best song he ever wrote. It's right. not even close to right. And one time I was kind of laughing about Sing Your Praise to the Lord and Awesome God. It's like, those are not two of your better works. And we were down at his house, and he he pulled in, and he goes, I know they're not my best works. And he pointed to the house, but they paid for that house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yes, yep, they did. They did. 
if I stand again, the the co-write with with Steve Cudworth. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize until I was surfing the lyric or the credits to this. Michael W. Smith played piano on this. Yeah, not amazing. Didn't realize that, and I know that. You know, you can't find guys that have had two more different career trajectories in the biz than Smitty and and Richard, but Smitty clearly loves oh, him. Oh yeah. Just it comes yeah. through every time you talk to him. You know, when, when Richard died and we had the big thing out here at uh, Wichita State. That's right. Um, our, a lot of our musician friends didn't make a lot of money back then, and he hired a private jet and brought them all out That's for us. Right. I mean, just that kind of stuff, you know? The small kindnesses. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, home, you were telling me a story about before we recorded. I mean, uh, we don't have to go into that story if you don't want to. But, no, I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell the... Uh, it's I, my favorite track on this album. Well, it is mine, too, for good reason. Um, the song was written for me. I was in a, had been in a really bad place, had kind of walked away from my faith. and Well, I didn't walk away from my faith. I was in rebellion. I, my, I never didn't believe in Jesus. I just didn't think I wanted to follow him at that time. Right. And was in a bad relationship. And when I said, came back to myself, like very much like the prodigal son, I, I could smell the pig and said, <laughs> let's go home and um, talk to Richard. And he's like, take a week off, come down, stay with me. And so I would be. On, I was on the front porch swing and listening to him pound out the song he was writing, and I didn't know that. And it, the song "Home" is about my coming back to the Lord, which yeah. is pretty special, pretty awesome. And now the night is fading, and the storm has passed, and everything that could be shaken was shaken. All that remains, remains was all I ever, ever really, really had. had. Yeah, it's like amazing. Yeah, yeah. Such a thing as glory. Um, now Jesus lives in glory, and Jesus reigns as heaven's King, and the love is God, of God is pouring out on the earth and sky and sea. We've come beneath his mercies. We'll be compelled to sing. There's such a thing as glory. And I just love that's such a great. That um, is a great line. It's a great line, and it's just a great melody. That song you'll sing it all day. Yes. You know? Yeah. It, this might is this probably the first appearance of the dulcimer? Wasn't there a dulcimer on this, or was it maybe know. kind of a keyboardy sounding dulcimer? Probably. I don't think that could be. He, I mean, he played by that before that. I mean, yeah. Elizabeth do you mean on one of his projects that yeah. it appeared? Yeah. 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 Um, Elizabeth and I lived in community with Richard when he was learning how to play the hammer dulcimer, and we get stars in our crown from heaven for because he just loved to like beat on that thing, you know. Like, <laughs> he would even tune it occasionally. I hear yeah. it, it, once a year, whether he did or not. Too un- unbearable. <laughs> he started with a lap dulcimer, so Is he didn't bring that much yeah. in. Um, Beaker, I think, was, pl- well, I know, I have a recording of them doing Boy Like Me when they were just writing it, and Beaker was just learning to play oh. uh, the hammer, or the um, lap dulcimer, yeah. so he played it on that. It was pretty fun, but I don't think he used it on many recordings. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I asked him one time what he, I don't know why we were talking about that, I said, well, what do you, what do you think is the biggest, I think it was his 10-year reunion um, of being an artist, and um, they did a big thing at Reunion Records for him, and I said, what's your proudest accomplishment? In that is there a song or something or what and he said bringing the hammer dulcimer into christian music mm. said, that's, that's that's important great. yeah uh next track saying i love you i really love how he refers to the sacraments here when they put me in the river yeah um and i could taste you in the bread and in the wine yeah Just, it's again it, that life of the church is right there foregrounded mm-hmm. in his songs that's you know that's what we have word and sacrament right there um ready for the storm very few songs Richard didn't write that, yes. that he recorded, and yep. this is one of my favorites. I mean, I've heard so many versions of this Doogie McLean song, but Rich is, is so good. He when we were in Zion in the early um, 
well, it was the end of the 70s, and there were a couple other bands in the Cincinnati area, and one of them was called Willoughby Wilson Band. Mm, and awesome. the um, And we would follow each other or sure. play in the same venues after one another. And, and there was a fellow that was a member of that band and played was an amazing guitarist named Rick Blair, mm-hmm. Rick with a C. And um, he sang that song when they were in that band, and Richard w- had never heard of Doogie McLean and had never heard the song, fell in love with it, and um, they remained friends forever. And Rick now um, has a show on PBS. He does this mm-hmm. amazing Celtic Christmas music show right? all over. Yeah, all over. And it's really been exploding and doing well. And oh, I just talked to him last week. Yeah, He's so amazing. it's really fun. And then Richard be- continued that song. And that was the one thing I wish I would have known was going on with the tribute, this not a tribute tribute that ended up being Bellsburg. If I would have known about it earlier, I would have thrown his name in the bucket to come to do that song. Nice. He, you know, he lived with him for a while. He was, they were really good friends. Oh, that's good. It's, yeah. it's funny because I love the words to that song. You know, I'm mm-hmm. ready for the storm. Yes, sir, ready. And I, I, most of you, if you're fans of Richard's music, you've seen the Lufkin video. Mm-hmm. It was like six weeks before he passed. And and I saw it because I knew all the band really well. It was, young, it was the youngest band he traveled with and these wonderful young men. And they're singing that song. I'm ready for the storm. And I'm like, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea what the storm's going to be. And we don't. We have a God that's our anchor in the storm, but we don't know. Right. Right. The only promise we have is I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, One True Love. Next to the last song. Uh, Again, I co-write with Steve Cudworth. Mm -hmm. Um, This one, I can only imagine, was a tongue twister to sing. (laughs) There's one true love in this world of lies, and out of all the beauty I found, I find. Right. There's only one true love. He loved that kind of stuff. Yeah, that had to have been a real tongue twister to sing. We go back to um, earlier the, the earlier thing we were talking about what troubles are giants what trouble are giants. So many words. A lot of words. A lot of words. Lot of words. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then how can I keep myself from singing? I to me um, when I listened to this again just a couple days ago, I was struck. I thought, okay, someone had been listening to Peter Gabriel's so, um, <laughs> and here we have basically. Come on. The he, ideas from So just kind of picked up and how did How down. did I ever learn about Genesis and Peter Gabriel? Oh, because <laughs> Rich would have books and projects that you, it, it was a it was test of fellowship. And Peter Gabriel was a test of fellowship. Yeah. So yeah, we listened to him. And Genesis, and early Genesis. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's great. So any stories about the tour for this album? Well, wait, um, how can I keep myself sure. from singing? I think Please. it's still on, um, on YouTube. They did a video from it. He was in, I think it was Guatemala. He did uh, did right. a video of this song. That's and it's right. a really powerful song. Yes. It, it, um, there's a big big that. fire and all. It, it's, it's powerful. Go look that up if you have a chance. Um, as you said, everything changed. Awesome God did what it did, and everything changed. Everything. Um, it just blew up. And he wasn't sure about it. We, the first night he ever headlined, there was a big Christian um, festival, um, music festival in South Bend, Indiana, and we knew a lot of the people at the radio station there, and so it, they brought in all the reunion artists, uh, but he was the headliner for it, and it was the first time he ever did, and it was it was a very powerful night. And um, the next day, he had already promised a friend of ours he'd play for the Sunday morning worship service mm. before he got famous, remember? And so we were always off on Sunday afternoon and Mondays on this 16-week tour, and um, so I had gone to the church with him because Jim was a friend of mine, and so we were going to go out to lunch, and we'd s- sent the guys off. 
and um, it was me and eight guys on this tour. And I had a thing for Monday. It was like it was blood or smoke. Something better be bleeding. Something better be on fire before you even talk to me because it's my day off. Okay. And Rich said, I need to talk to you about the next couple of days. And I said, what? And he said, I don't want this. I said, you don't want what? I don't want this, this thing. Mm. So your career? And he said, I don't want it. What's that mean? He said, I want, I'm going to go away for the next couple of days, and I want you to cancel the tour. When I get back, uh, I'll, and he, we talked about money. I'll pay you this much. I'll pay the band out this much, but I don't want this. I said, you know, this is the end of it all, right? And he goes, yep. And so he went to see a friend of ours, and I went did my gig. And t- uh, Tuesday morning, we got in the bus, and we went back to work, and we never mentioned it again, ever. Mm. So he, he was back and forth on it. He finally realized that, yes, it did cost him a lot, but it was worth it. At that time, he didn't even know it was, whether it was worth it or not. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty committed to not doing it. By the end of the tour, he was going, I can do this. I just have to take a lot of safeguards yeah. of how I live my life. Yeah. It not only paid for the house that he said it paid for, but I think it also, as the projects move on from here into the world is best and then mm. Liturgy Legacy – it allowed him some wiggle room to be more who he was. Absolutely. I think it gave him uh, some sort of street cred that he didn't have. It allowed him some space. He well, took the, it. Yeah. 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 I don't think they wanted to allow oh, it. Oh, no, no. I that's he, probably true. He that's, took a good, it. that's a good way to put it. And it he had the street cred it. now to say, I'm going yeah. to take it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Elizabeth and I both know Mike Blanton. Um, and we've laughed about that with him. It's like, oh my gosh, because I think Mike forgets some of the. Thank, thank goodness, he forgets some of the hard times. <laughs> he remembers all the good stuff with Rich. I'm like, oh my gosh, he put you through it, buddy. Like, yeah, he sure did. But you know, we just didn't have an artist like him at that time, and you know. But yeah, all of that was able, and everybody's heard the stories about him only taking a certain amount of money, and he gave away the rest of it. And when he passed, um, I was on a board with family members, and we gave away millions of dollars because he chose to live simply when he was alive mm-hmm. and i'll throw this one in too one time a story came to me that amy had said to him amy grant was like you know you don't spend very much time with us and i'm have we done something to hurt you or and he said no because amy is from an aristocracy she's been wealthy all of her life and she's so kind and generous and she's you know you would never know that she's that moneyed mm-hmm. and um she, he said, I'm not used to being around that kind of wealth mm. that you guys live in. And he said, all these people think that I'm so simple. He goes, I have to choose that because I want those things. I want everything you have and more. And I've got this real strong streak in me that is very materialistic. And I have to keep it under total control or I'll just go off the deep end, right. which makes sense to me. That's right. why he chose to live very simply because, you know, right? he knew he knew who he was, Yeah, the good and the bad. That's great. So many good stories. Thank you, everyone, for this all your input. Fun. And thanks for bringing up Dave for uh, the, the comparison between John Alfonte and Richard <laughs> and Matthew Ward and Brian Duncan. So, and and check, check out UTR Media. I think yeah. you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find there and the artists there and the, the, the work that Dave Trout does. It's That's good great. stuff. Well, thanks, everyone. Sure appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kathy Sprinkle and Elizabeth Snell Lutz. And Dave Trout, as we looked back on Pictures in the Sky and Winds of Heaven, Stuff of Earth by Rich Mullins. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.